You're listening to another edition of It's Raining Mets, meteorologist Ed Russo here. And hey there, it's meteorologist Tom Russell. Ed, great to catch up with you, my friend. Good to talk some weather here. Yeah, of course. And here we are. Lots to talk about. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I was just going to say, here we are in the middle of uh, winter, early February, and there ain't nothing going on. I know. They always say, go live in San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the weather's the same every day. That could not be more wrong today because it's actually in New York, Pennsylvania. You know, if you're, you're a meteorologist right. in San Diego. You're forecasting everything we, but sunshine. We have the San Diego weather here, yet in San Diego, they have the rain and the miserable conditions that uh, they've been dealing with throughout California. That's a good point. We flip flop. We did. I've seen that. We did. This is crazy. All right, so let's talk about this. We had a little bit of snow in January, actually above average snowfall uh, for the month. And we thought we were kind of getting back on track with winter. And then, uh, you know, it was so cloudy, everybody complaining, oh, sun. And then February hits, and we break out in this pattern uh, that is highly unusual for middle of winter, for February. So we've got high pressure and control, not only sunshine, but these mild temperatures you know, it's one thing to be sunny and in the 30s, but, uh, you know, we're sunny, upper 40s, 50, close to 50. And then even moving forward with some cloud cover coming in this weekend, we're in the 50s. I mean, this is extremely unusual, right? Yeah, I mean, usually when you get mild like this in uh, this time of year, usually you pay for it with rain and wind. Right. Uh, we're not right. we're not getting that here. But they are getting it out west. So does this turn into... You know, we always talk about when you look at the U.S., if the West is getting nice weather, we got the opposite. So that whole when they're in a trough, we've got uh, the ridge and vice versa. So this kind of plays out with that. Yeah, it's always a balancing act in in the weather world. You know, it's never we're never like seeing temperatures in the teens below zero here while it's also bitterly cold in Alaska. I can guarantee you anytime we're super cold here. Alaska is probably above average. Yeah, that's a good point. That's just good just point. how it works. It's the way it's always worked. Nothing unusual per se, but um, yeah, when one area is really cold, another area is most likely warmer. So can we turn this around is what snow lovers are asking, what winter folks are asking. And I think we do for the second half of February. So I definitely see the pattern change around Valentine's Day. Agree? Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the key date. Now, keep in mind, I believe our snowiest period, climatologically speaking, is between February 10th and February 20th. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, usually that's our that's our so February is often our snowiest month, and then the snowiest part of February is mid February. That's why you see these President's Day events, right. snowstorms. Right. You know, that's so, true. yeah. So we'll have to see. I think you know it, we turn cold, but it's you know it just it seems like it's been really hard, to, especially the past couple of winters, to get cold and snow. Well, one of the things we talked about in our uh, winter weather forecast was the cold never really settles in. Remember that we talked about, uh, you know, it gets colder, but it never really gets entrenched. And I think that's what we're struggling with because we don't have that cold really entrenched in place. Right. Right. And it just, you know, anytime we we get a system that heads our way, it kind of cuts to the west. Right. And uh, the moisture and that's the. 
Yeah. All right. So here's another theory to throw out at you. So when we have some uh, a big January thaw or a big mild stretch in winter, uh, what that can do is kind of back where we have seen some decent snowfalls into March. So in my assessment, it's starting to feel that way where you kind of get this backloaded winter and a big snowfall first week of March is not out of the question. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. I think, you know, uh, March is a very volatile time period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So you, you get, you know, that that's I'm not saying that we would get the, the super storm of 1993, but historically speaking, <laughs> some of our big, big events have happened in March. I'm not talking about these little nuisance things. So March can be a very uh, snowy month, right? but also it changes around real quick and it's harder it's harder for it to snow this time of the year because the sun is at a higher altitude in the sky. Basically, well, what I mean by that is it's more directly overhead and that okay. that causes the um that you know you get more UV radiation on the ground which actually even on a cloudy day will will uh Help prevent snow. snow from accumulating right. as efficiently as it should. Yeah, it can prohibit the uh, the growth there. But I think uh you know as we've learned from the past because you, you were talking about February snows. I've had on my Facebook uh, feed the last couple of days, we had a big snow February 5th and 6th of uh, 2010. Uh, like you said, we had the President's Day storm back in 03. So I think uh, folks are wondering where there, where is all this February well, snow? Well, 2010, recall, I'll go back to in, that. In our, you had a major yeah. storm on February 5th, 6th, 2010. And then you had another right. big storm February 9th and 10th. Oh, that's right. They were the back-to-back -back ones. Right yeah, there. remember that. I, I was, I lived in Fargo, North Dakota. I, I moved away. Like I literally moved away. <laughs> You're that running from year, the and snow. Of course, we get one of the most epic snows. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about the back-to-back -back, uh, portion of that. Uh, so yeah, February historically can be a big one. But going back to our winter weather preview, the setup, the way we looked at it, was not going to be for big snow. So that's why when I saw this play out in January, okay, a little snow, a little mix, a little snow, a little mix, I thought we'd have more of that action. So the, the thing that has surprised me is the lull in the action here. So I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a, it, it's not, and we're talking about a lull. We're not just talking about with no snow. We're talking about with no precipitation, like not even rain. That's what's weird. Like you said, sometimes you get these damp, drizzly days. You know, it's not snow, but it's gray and it's uh and it's drizzly. And and we did have our fair share in January. Don't don't get me wrong, but this has been a little unusual to be this nice in February. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's only a matter of time before that uh, starts to change. And I think we're we are going to see a change. Certainly to colder, and if we can get any precip to link up with it, could be uh at least makes snow lovers a little happier. Not saying <laughs> we'll throw, we'll, not throw saying we'll have that big one. <laughs> we'll throw them a bone. All yeah. right. So the takeaway is winter does come back second half of the month and likely lingers into early March. That's yep. what we're saying. That's what we're thinking. So kind of okay. a little update on our winter weather outlook, which um is kind of you know panning out how we said it would. Well, January, February being the months. But we didn't we didn't say it was going to be beautiful the first week. Of no, February. no, we didn't. We didn't. I actually it was there was a line in the script in November that you were supposed to read. And we got 10, 10 days of beautiful weather. Um, 
I, I guess but, you just uh I guess, I guess I it was just an oversight, Tom, that you missed missed that little <laughs> I thought it was shorter than usual. I knew it was a line missing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump to another topic because in the world of uh, in the world of weather, there's a major trial going on between a, a gentleman named Mark Stein and Michael Mann. And Michael Mann was the guy that came up with the theory that um, you know CO two is is quickly warming the the planet, and we have this what he came up with what they call the hockey stick. So temperatures are fairly uniform, and then all of a sudden, late nineties. Uh, they go up and they go up exponentially. So anyway, they're in court because Stein said that, you know, his methods were not the greatest that he came that he used to come up with the hockey stick. Uh, you've been following the um, the trial a little bit. And your takeaway is, is this good for the weather enterprise? Is this bad? I think it's good. The fact that we're hashing out a lot of this climate change stuff. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think discussion is always good. You know, you never you never want things like defamation suits involved in the science world. Um, you never want to have to, you know, go to court over accusations of of research that isn't done, of research that's being done in an unethical way. I mean, that's that's basically what the defamation suit is is insinuating here. Um, on both, I mean, they're they're kind of both accusing each other of saying things that are wrong. You know, you got that battle going on right. when it comes to research. You obviously you obviously want to think of scientific research as something that's pure and genuine. But you got to wonder when you have these kind of things going to court. So I think it puts a lot of stuff into question in terms of uh, methods used to, to research and gather right. data, because, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, climate change and whatnot, a, a, a lot of that stuff is is, is data driven. It's not just observational data it's it's also built in uh, modeling of, of what it could be like down the road and when you're putting all that research into question you know i think that could change the the you know kind of how the debate goes on or moves forward i i think there hasn't been a whole lot of coverage of it i mean i think um i think you know we've been paying attention to it because it's our right. field right but there hasn't been a whole lot of really commentary on either side on i'd say in any of the mainstream no i haven't seen anything mainstream wise but to your point i think it's important that the takeaway here is we we learn from it scientifically and it's not just a he said he should uh kind of thing where it, it is more of i know it's a defamation trial uh, you know ultimately but i i hope it elevates the science and gets away from the name calling and the yeah the negative side you know? right it's it's really a shame when you're seeing you know, at the end of the day, you think, you know, science is about, you know, I never think of science as I, I think it's it's an Apollo goal, Apollo goal, a goal that will never be reached to find the absolute truth or to find the truth in absolute terms. I think the whole process of science is the search for the truth, not getting to the truth, because, you know, if you're going to get if you're looking for an absolute truth in science, you're, you're looking for an absolute yes, where nothing contradicts your original theory. And we know that's not the case. We know that um, if you're truly open to science and debate, that you'll always be open to the idea that you're wrong. Even, right. even if you have consensus that hmm. says 99% of scientists in the world believe this, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still question the consensus. I mean, that's how you make big discoveries. Big discoveries were always made by something that was contrary to popular belief. Yeah. 
So it's, it's, you know, it, and that's a sacred scientific process. When we talk about the scientific method, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's a sacred process. Without it, you cannot have genuine science. So you always need to have at least some room in your brain that, yeah, we might be wrong. This is our, this is our best understanding of it. Right. And, and obviously decisions need to be made. You know, scientists need to, need to put down a theory, test it, and then maybe rethink things if, if, if observations are showing otherwise. And you obviously need to, especially if you get into public policy, you obviously need to have people make decisions based on the best available data, but you always have to be open to the fact that, yeah, we could be wrong. Right. Some and you need to pivot wrong. when, when you realize that. Right. Right. So, and that doesn't need to come with name calling. That doesn't need to come with defamation. You know, it needs to be more, it needs to be more, it needs to be friendlier. You know, people need to stop going after each other. You know what I mean? But that was always the idea behind scientific journals. You, you in order to get published, it had to be peer reviewed, which means it, it had a higher standard of, uh, you right. Know. But that, that's, you know, and I'm back and forth, like, what does peer reviewed even mean? So you have these these group of scientists that approve something and say this, you know, I, I don't know the whole approval process, but you, you get, I, 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 in that type of setup, I think you get genuine scientific research that gets brushed under the rug. Because, because you get more of a consensus leaning, is that what you mean? Well, I think, I think there's a lot of great research out there, and I think there's a lot of scientists that are onto something that many other scientists are not, but they can't get funding because they may just not have the resources to get it peer-reviewed. I mean, getting a peer-reviewed paper, I mean, I can't imagine that's cheap. Right. You know, there's, there's a whole financial process and, and, and monetary process that's involved with that, and if you don't have the funding, um, that can be an issue. So I do think... Obviously, you want research to be credible and you want other scientists to peer review it, but there's also a cost to that. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know the cost of it, but I think when when you have you know certain research that's that's peer reviewed, that's great. But then there's probably you got to understand that there may be other, you know, there, there may be other pools of very good research that aren't peer reviewed because there simply was no funding to do it. Right. So. You know, I, I, it might set it might set the stage for good, you know, some pool of good science that not necessarily brushed under the rug, but but ignored because it wasn't, you know, approved by this class of of reviewers, so to speak. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. No, that's, so, a, that's a really good point. Yeah, so I think I, I think that's kind of a, a negative feedback to the process. Where do we stand in the trial? We're near the end yet. I know. So. It seemed to be really heated last week, you know, and it, it just it just it, it got, you know, you you heard all of these emails. Um, mm. it, it just got, you know, you really got into the weeds with not the science, but the I guess the conjecture. Was that is that the right word? Like the yeah. things that were said that have nothing to do with science. Right. So it just, it you know, it it got pretty heated and it, there doesn't seem to be as much fire about it on on X this week. But. Maybe, they're laying, we're maybe things are our... laying low from now. I mean, this was a 10-year trial in the making. Yes. Uh, 12 years. 12, yeah. I mean, uh, Stein's trying to be, been trying to get him in court for, for a long time. So yeah. I hope you're right. I, I hope it becomes much more of a, uh, a positive outcome. But I uh, think, I hope, uh, I always hope that uh, 
both parties come out better, happier people in the end. But I mean, you know, that's not going to happen. Some... <laughs> no, no, but it'll, it'll be interesting to to see the outcome and uh, the resulting uh, outtakes from it. So, all right. So a little more winter. We got a fun trial. Anything else on your mind, young man? Uh, always. We got to save it for the next one. All right. Maybe right. maybe we'll have some extra winter to track next time, right? <laughs> maybe we will. There yeah. you go. Always a pleasure, Ed. All right. Talk to you soon, Tom. See you, my friend. You're listening to It's Raining Mets.